Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670. Want to hit us up? Please feel free to go ahead and do so. Let's time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Packers football. We got Brewers baseball. A lot of baseball talk dominating the first couple hours of the program today. So let's get to some football chatter. And uh, joining us now over on the hotline, our good buddy uh, Tyler Dunn is here. Tyler, how you doing, pal? Bill, what's happening? Great to be back. How you been? I am doing well. I am, uh, you know, I've got some back issues and some surgeries coming up or some evasive procedures, as they call it. But that's okay because I'll be ready to go come football season, and I'm looking forward to it. And you just wrote a nice piece about Sammy Watkins. Do you believe Sammy is going to be the X Factor? Let's start there. I, I really think he could, and I get it, especially living here in Buffalo. I think people hear the name alone, and it's just it just it comes with uh, built-in skepticism. And you think about his foot, his hips, his glute, the ribs. I mean, he's injured just about every body part, and that continued on to L.A., Kansas City, Baltimore. He's in the year nine, though, and you know there's all this stuff on the field, and you can see it. I mean, even last season. There were moments. He had that Willie Mays-like over-the-shoulder catch uh, in, in a primetime game, I believe, against the Raiders. I mean, he burnt Patrick Sertain, you know, a star rookie. He's uh, leaping guys. He, he still has, you know, parts of what made him a fourth overall pick long ago out of Clemson. He, he still has a lot of that pop to him, even at 29. But as we'll get into, I mean, it's everything off the field. What, what he went through here in Buffalo – Nobody had a clue. I mean, I worked with the team's assistant GM then. He didn't know. I've talked to Eric Wood, teammates. They didn't know. The head coach didn't know. Some of his closest friends didn't know. He was in a dark, dark place as those injuries kind of added up. Depressed, uh, drinking every day. Uh, his brother, who lived with him, got tied up into a big RICO investigation. The, the feds got involved. It, it was bad. I mean, he, he was in a really bad spot. So to get out of that his way <laughs> – with some, you know, pretty uh, interesting research that he did that to t- challenge his mind. I-, I think you want that in your locker room. I think any team that's on the cusp of the championship wants a Sammy Watkins in there just, just to talk to teammates alone. So l- let me start with uh, all of the astronomical things, and I say astro in the sense of almost smiling tongue-in-cheek because he is a a different thinker on the, you know, the ultimate plane, isn't he? He really is, and you know, when I wrote that story at Bleacher Report, gosh, it would have been early 2020 after he won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Uh, there was a lot of, let's just say, you know, loud reaction, a lot of uh, jaws dropping to the floor, and, and trust me, sitting across from him at that restaurant in Orlando, mine did too. I mean, it's, it's not common. It's not the norm to hear somebody – talk about being an alien and dying when he falls asleep and, you know, surfing through the astral realm and, and manifesting outcomes in the physical sense and entities or spirits kind of floating about that are good and bad and, and entering the body. And they, they, they want to experience life. And that's what kind of directing life are, are those energies. I, I get it. It's out there. It's really out mm-hmm. there. But at the same time, you know, like I said, he, he was, depressed he was in a really bad place in buffalo and to get out of that this is what kind of helped him get there you know he, he just closed the blinds locked the door ignored his phone 
and research every type of religion, you know, every type of belief, YouTube rabbit holes, reading all the time, and just kind of challenged his mind to try to learn about these other uh, subconscious or multidimensional, sub-multi-conscious dimensions, whatever the heck you want to call it. Right. Uh, and I, I think the fact that, you know, th- th- this helped him get out of that place. Whatever helps you get out of that place, good for you. And, and I think it all made him a better person. And, you know, people were concerned about his mental well-being when that story came out. You know, w- what is wrong with this guy? I-, I can just tell you he is in a phenomenal mental place. He, he is all about positivity and trying to spread that. And like I said, I think that's the perspective that a veteran team would, would want. I don't think you want to push that away. Um, so let me, let me, let me ask you this. Um, does he, is he the kind, cause you always wonder about guys that have a deeper level. And I'm not talking like Aaron Rodgers, Dalai Lama deeper. I'm talking like a whole different spiritual plane here. Right? So you tell me with a guy like that, when you talk about having a guy like that in your locker room, if things are good, it's looked at as different and eccentric. If things are bad, like when in, in Kansas City, when he had you know Andy Reid as kind of that father figure guy, they were actually questioning his mental health. They were. I mean, and it wasn't all sunshine and, and rainbows. In our you know chat a couple of years ago, it was you know Sammy Watkins at one point thinking that there was bad energy and demonic like presences out there that wanted him injured that wanted him hurt and were kind of casting spells upon him in a way uh so that yeah i, I you're right when, when the going's good it's good when it's bad it's bad but i i think that he also has kind of moved past the research phase of this all i, I don't think he just sits around and is you know youtubing everything reading everything and you know, that deep into it right now. I think that more so that that's what helped him get out of that place he was at in Buffalo. And he kind of continued on. And he really thought that this offseason, his career could be over. Uh, and, and really, to get hurt again in Baltimore, uh, he got, as he said out there, right, I, he got kind of fat. He's sitting on the couch. He's into the 220s. And then Green Bay called, and he kind of snapped into it, got back into shape, and realized, you know, what an opportunity this is to, to play with an MVP quarterback. A Super Bowl contending team, I think that he is able to kind of use all those experiences for good. You know, I, I think that he is a, a teammate that just kind of gets it. He's not looking to be the guy in Buffalo demanding the ball ten times a game, which is which is kind of funny. The first time we met is is when he did that. He just, he said, you know, the Bills are making me look bad. They got to give me the ball ten times a game. He was he was ticked. He is so far removed from that player, so far removed from the guy just kind of drinking his sorrows away you know he's a husband a father a son all that I feel like his priorities are kind of in the right order right now okay so here's my thought because people ask me all the time is he nuts is he good is he bad is he gonna be fat is he gonna be lazy is he gonna be great I said look this is probably his next shot last shot at getting another bigger contract he's on a short term with the Packers he's playing with one of the best in the business he talked about the ability to catch the football. He talked about the ability to get the football to him almost on a, on a string. I think he looks at this as, one, he's in a great position to be vying for a championship, and two, if he's going to make any more money, bigger money in the NFL, this is his shot to do it with the quarterback that can get him the football, correct? You know, you could even take it to a more granular level. I mean, this training camp could be his last training camp. I think he gets that, the value 
of every practice, the value of every rep. I, it, it's his career is on the line right now in Green Bay. It is. It's so wide open for for better or worse. It's not. I mean, you've covered this team forever, Bill. When is the last time, even back to the Favre days, that the position was this wide open? You know, one through six. It's mm-hmm. all up for grabs. I mean, he could be the top guy. He could be cut. And I think he gets that. I think he knows that it can go either direction, especially with the way his contract is structured. It's, you know, it's peanuts. So uh, I, I, another reason to have him in your room is he's somebody who gets that urgency because he's been hurt. He's been cast aside. He's been traded. He's been depressed. He's, he's gone you know, through, through these uh, philosophical epiphanies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, man, I, I, this team needs something. It needs some kind of edge. And it's an imperfect comparison, but it does kind of remind me of Ron Wolf around November of 1996, adding Andre Risen, whose his issues were more, you know, burning every bridge that he could burn and off the field stuff. But it was it was a similar risk of veteran who kind of played for several teams, who was talented but just couldn't really get in the right system. You know, I think best case, maybe most realistic case, is Sammy Watkins gives you that kind of effect for an entire season. Just the big play when you need it, he's going to be where Aaron Rodgers needs him to be. He, he's a smart guy. I don't think you have mm-hmm. to worry about him just kind of rounding routes off and getting lost out there. And, and maybe he makes that big play that maybe, look, they're going to try to win with defense in a run game, but you still need somebody to stretch the field. And you look at that group, he could be that somebody. So uh, let me ask you, going back to the Kansas City uh, days, does it take a stronger personality, stronger than Patrick Mahomes, stronger than Andy Reid, a system like Matt LaFleur's, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers to kind of corral all of that, do you think? Hmm. I, I think that more than corralling, it's uh, just kind of letting him be himself. And I don't think that you he couldn't work for some quarterbacks and some head coaches that are going to be, you know, unbelievably old school and dismiss him as a lunatic. Right. I mean, like you have to be willing right. to engage with somebody like this. Cause in Kansas city, I remember McCall Hardman saying that it, they had long conversations in the corner of the locker room and they'd have debates and discussions and, you know, he, he can lure you in. He can make you believe. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is that kind of quarterback, right? His uh, beliefs tend to zig and zag and go all over the place. He's been a bit of, a bit of a chameleon for a while now. So that makes me think they're going to hit it off. And Matt LaFleur is a younger coach who lets guys be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's a really good fit for, for many reasons. And, and as I wrote in the story that, that we have up at uh, GoLongTD.com, Sammy can make you believe. Heck, I mean, he made me believe at one point that, uh, you know, these out-of-body experiences are a lot more common than you would than you would think. So I think that the players and the coaches, anybody who has a chance to talk to Sammy Watkins is just going to be better for it. I, I, by the way, I completely agree with you regarding the whole discussion in regards to Aaron Rodgers accepting him. I can see those two guys sitting in a corner talking about the spiritual plane for hours, uh, just in different (laughs) beliefs. Oh, oh my God. And then getting into it, uh, not just, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth, but I'm talking about just flat out getting into it. 
So I 100 yeah. percent agree with you. And Aaron, and and then Matt Lafleur walking by, going, "Hey, what's going on?" And then they try to explain it to him, and he goes, "Ah, oh, cool." And he walks away. That type of guy. Yeah, I, I completely get it. So you tell. Well, by the way, we're talking with Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. That's GoLongTD.com. You can read his stuff at Tyler Dunn over on Twitter. So Tyler, you talked about the receiving room. Uh, the depth of talent or lack of depth of talent, we don't specifically know. Give me, because this team is, you know, many are saying, oh, my God, the loss of Devontae Adams and how detrimental this is going to be. I'm like, look, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. they got a really good defense on paper, and you still have Aaron Rodgers. You still have a plethora of talent. So my question is, how good is this offense going to be in your eyes? I absolutely love what Brian Gutekunst did since that heartbreaking playoff loss at home to Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, you know, I, I love the fact that, okay, you know, the offense produced, what, 10 points at home, which is ridiculous and unfathomable, unfathomable with an MVP quarterback, and then you lose Devontae Adams, and then it's time to freak out, as a lot of people freaked out. But instead of chasing, instead of kind of being a, a hamster on a wheel and all right, you know, now we got to trade up and get a receiver. We got to replace that receiver with a really talented receiver. It was kind of he just it took a deep breath approach and figured, all right, you know what? Let's stop banging our heads against the wall, trying to win this way in the playoffs. You know, they get dragged into these back alleys and they they can't last twelve rounds. Um, let's try to win that twelve round fight. Let's try to win with defense, with a running game. And it sounds old school and it sounds straight out of the seventies or something, but. I, I think that it, it's going to work because you have an MVP quarterback. Let, let Aaron Rodgers figure that all, all out. You know, that's why you made him the richest player in the game. Right? He, he should be able to elevate those receivers around him and put your focus into the defense. This is four or five years worth of drafts where you've really emphasized defense. I want to say, other than the Jordan Love draft, I mean, they've taken – defensive guys at the top of the draft. And now those guys are getting older and are ready to turn a corner. In addition to the bargain bin shopping that paid off in a big way with Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell, the big money signings like Preston Smith. I, I think that that combination makes you really believe that they could take that step. They could be a top five, top three defense. And then, yeah, offensively, hey, you've got to, You've got maybe the best player in the game. They'll figure it out. Some of those receivers will step up. And, yeah, you're probably going to have to run the ball more. You're probably going to have to run the plays that Matt LaFleur calls more because you don't have that improvisation factor with Devontae Adams. If Rodgers can buy into that, why wouldn't they win a Super Bowl this year? I think it's a formula that can work. Real quick, before I let you go, I was going to ask you, when it comes to a Super Bowl, uh, many are saying that there's four other teams in the NFC. The Dallas Cowboys are really good. Tampa Bay's really good. L.A.'s really good. You can go through a list of a couple. I'm thinking the Packers are probably in the top four. Do you see what, – what team at this point in time would you say is better than what the Packers are putting out there? You know, Tom Brady returning didn't necessarily help. That's – uh as a team, you figure, oh, you know, they're going to they're gonna reset again without Tom Brady, but they're right there. So I guess I'd worry about Tampa Bay, not necessarily worried about the Dallas Cowboys. They're always just kind of do what the Dallas Cowboys do. You know, I don't know if I'd be worried about Minnesota because Kirk Cousins is mostly what everybody thinks he is, but they've got a lot of firepower there now. Justin Jefferson – he may be the best wide receiver in the game by the end of this season. 
And if we've learned anything, it's, hey, Kevin O'Connell was part of that Sean McVay coaching staff that helped elevate Matthew Stafford. We all thought we knew what Matthew Stafford was for a decade in the NFC North. A guy that's always going to come up short, guy that's always going to get hurt. You know, you, you never were really scared of the Lions, and God, lo and behold, he, he wins a Super Bowl. So if O'Connell can kind of replicate whatever worked out there with a Kirk Cousins, uh, I think you have to at least be a little worried about the Vikings. It, it's, it's not a team that I think you can just write off because Mike Zimmer was such a disaster for so many reasons behind the scenes. The guys just tuned him out at the end. It was, it was ugly. I talked to some of them. I mean, that culture was even worse than they're making it seem. So I, I think that you know they, they, I think they lost eight games by a touchdown or less. So maybe a culture change, a new coach, flip some of those. Um, I don't. I, I wouldn't just uh, dismiss the Vikings like we tend to do this time of year on, on this show, right? Right. We normally do, but I, I agree. I just keep thinking to myself, Kirk Cousins, Cousins in his entire career has one playoff win. So we'll see what happens. Good stuff, buddy. You're so right. what, what else right. you got? What else are you working on on the website? Gosh, we're we're definitely gearing up for twenty twenty two. And uh, as I love to tell your listeners, man, we, we know where our uh, our butter is bread, or our bread is buttered. Gosh, butcher that go. one. That's okay. <laughs> We've got a lot of a lot of Packer fans that uh, subscribe that read, uh, so we'll keep those Packer stories cranking, and uh, def- definitely doing a lot of traveling around the country. So a lot of profiles, a lot of deep dives, just trying to really lean into that aspect of coverage that kind of gets lost in the NFL these days. So you know, huge thank you to everybody for checking the site out. All right, buddy. We will uh, talk to you soon and then uh, keep us informed what's coming up, and then we'll kind of go from there, okay? You got it, Bill. Thanks so much, man. All right, Ty. Talk to you soon. There you go. Tyler Dunn from GoLongTD.com. That's GoLongTD.com. It's at Tyler Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, at Tyler Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, over there on Twitter. That's where you can find him. Really good stuff. I appreciate him being a part of the program. Uh, Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, come back. Got a lot more to get to. Hang in there. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How are we looking? Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Give you a quick update. Uh, Brewers, top of the fourth right now down in Tampa Bay. They're up one to nothing on a Rowdy Telez solo shot that hit the top of the center field wall and ended up going out. And uh, that's where it stands as of right now. Um, so uh, good stuff there. Hopefully they can hang on and keep the win and get that uh, two-game sweep down there in Tampa Bay before they head out after today. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. And uh, so all but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out. I mean, come on. Uh, but it's one, one for all the locations, it's one phone number, 414-455-4451. Again, 414 414- Four five five four four five one. So if you're having issues, some erectile dysfunction, you know what I'm talking about, or you're the partner of somebody, give them a call. Just say, hey, what, what do we need to do? Help us out. 414-455-4451. Or if you're over the age of 30 and you're moody and you're tired and you go to get out of bed and you're like, I just can't get out of bed anymore. I just, I'm so tired. I don't want to go to the gym anymore. I've lost my motivation. Motivation could be low T. Could be that. Call them. They can help you out with that. Or maybe you're looking down 
and you're saying, God, I just uh, I lost my motivation. I haven't been going to the gym, and I need to lose some weight. The All-in-One Weight Loss Program, it really works. And I, I'm a testament to that because of everything I'm going through right now physically, and I can't work out the way I used to. I try to do a few things. I try to do a little car. I just can't right now. Uh, and I started putting on weight. And with the steroids that they've given me for my back, um, excuse me, I put on about 20 it's like 24 pounds, I think, is what the total was. And it's just in a matter of a month. And I was miserable. And as of today, I got back on the program a few weeks ago after I got the clearance from my doctors. Uh, I've dropped six pounds. And I stepped on the scale today. I'm like, oh. And I felt better. I, I knew when I woke up this morning I felt better. It's all because of New Mal Medical. 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Uh, Ben, I'm, I'm going to let you kind of do this story. Cause I know how much you hate this guy slash love this guy because he has the uh, Botox injections in his head. But I saw the story you sent me about uh, the, uh, uh, transfer, uh, Val Martin, uh, the former golden gopher. Uh, and he goes after PJ Fleck. So apparently PJ Fleck is, as he puts it, the ultimate or hell of a car salesman, right? That is what he said. So Val Martin did three years with North Carolina State and then transferred to Minnesota. He played there last season in 2021. And I believe he has one year left of eligibility. I, he is no longer with the program, is Correct. my understanding. And he went on a big Twitter rant yesterday, pretty much saying that Fleck, in addition to being the biggest used car salesman ever, is the biggest D-bag to ever walk the earth. He's telling go. stories about how in practice he just doesn't really respect the guys, doesn't see them as people. When they get hurt, he just kind of discounts it. Uh, one specific thing was he said uh, he told Val Martin said P.J. Fleck told another player to punch him in the face, and then uh, if Val retaliated, he'd be kicked off the team. He had crazy stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that has since brought – there have been other former Minnesota players chiming in – Pretty much saying, like, yeah, a lot of people just completely despise this guy. Yeah, uh, P.J. Fleck, at least it's one person's perspective. I can't say that's what the entire program believes, but one person's perspective basically is saying P.J. Fleck is a fraud. And you got to wonder, and here, here's the, the thing that I wonder when this is stated. Um, because P.J. Fleck came in, did the row the boat thing, had all this success right away, right away. And then it, it's kind of petered out, right? Yeah. Would they, you say that? Tough 2020. They were solid again last year. Showed signs of being pretty good. Showed signs, but they weren't what they were a few years back. Yeah, and they lost to Bowling we, Green, who is one right. of the worst football teams in the country. You wonder if being and, – and guys like that, that are kind of discovered uh, to not be the sincere person that they are, you got to wonder if after a short period of time, once guys figure it out and they realize that, yeah, they're not, um, they're not, they're not who they said they were. And they're, they're, it, the program is kind of, I want to say, led by a fake. You lose it after a while. You wonder if this is true, how much longer P.J. Flex going to hang on in Minnesota as things would then, you would assume, begin to go downward if guys are transferring out because he is indeed a fraud? You know? Yeah, I mean, college fo- I mean, 
everything you do in life is a relationship business, no matter what kind of walk of life you're in. College football, obviously, especially so, given recruiting. And your reputation is really important. Like when high school coaches know that you're coming into town, are they telling their players, oh, yeah, I really like this guy, I love this program, or are they saying he's an ass? So, yeah, 100%. It's interesting. I mean, it's we've heard it from one guy. He has shown other screenshots, which obviously are not corroborated, but other screenshots of people agreeing with him. I guess, yeah, Mm -hmm. the results will really show more than anything else. Yeah, you just wonder if this, uh, now that this exposure is out there, if there's going to be others that are going to follow the same path, or, yeah, you wonder, are they going to, you know, kind of keep their mouth shut, or if maybe this is one guy's opinion, and he's trying to kind of smear uh, that head coach. Time will tell, but there there was always something outwardly seemingly phony about P.J. Fleck, and I could never put my finger on it. It just kind of felt like, okay, is this guy is either, one, incredibly sincere, or two, he's so over the top he's faking it. You know, I, I, the other guy that I felt this about was Bruce Pearl when he came into town, and Bruce Pearl started coaching UWM. And Bruce Pearl was rah-rah. Bruce Pearl was, we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to do this and that. And so I followed him. I mean, like, literally followed him, not stalking him. I'm talking about followed him. I went out and did some things with him. And got to know, and he was genuine, which is why he gets such a response from his guys. Now he's done some things along the way that have pissed off the NCAA. Don't get me wrong, but he's genuine because there's guys like that that are over the top. That are the Tom Crean was the over the top rah rah guy, and then you t- come to find out after he left when people started coming out of the woodwork saying, "Thank God he's gone," because he was he was that way. He was the over the top, love to love you until the cameras are off, and then he just walked away from you. And he loved his players, don't get me wrong, but the rah-rah stuff began to wear on people. And some of the stuff that was being demanded and some of the stuff behind the scenes wasn't good. So Tom Crean left, went on to Indiana, and obviously has kind of you know resurrected himself down in Georgia and has done a great job, for it. well, to a certain degree anyway. But, uh, but yeah, you wondered if P.J. Fleck was an over-the-top guy. But there's a lot of coaches that are like that in in the college ranks, even in the high school ranks to a certain extent. But there's a lot of coaches that are like that. So Uh, so anyway, Zach Heilprin and I will be at Big Ten Media Days coming up next month. I think it's in three weeks approximately. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this will be brought up, and I cannot wait to hear how it is addressed. (laughs) Now, when you say I'm sure it will be brought up, will it be brought up by you or Zach Heilprin? I don't think we will need to. If it comes down to it, I would love to ask him about his thoughts on all this. Or maybe just his thoughts on the culture he has instilled. I uh, I look forward to that back and forth Q&A. I hope you break it up like Mike Clemens does. When Mike asks a question, leave Mike's question in there and then get the response and then maybe <laughs> get a rebuttal. I, I want to hear that. That's what I want to hear. Hi there. Uh, I'm uh, Ben Kenny of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Uh, all throughout the state of Wisconsin and irritating the hell out of you over there in Minneapolis. Uh, Coach, can you respond to the fact that you've basically been called a D-bag? No, the oh, question has to be far longer. Okay. Are you going to read all the tweets? I, I'll read a book that was written about the tweets. Let me, let me, let me read all the <laughs> tweets to you, Coach. What is your response? You know, a bit, ben, ben who? Who? And then that's when Zach stands up. It's Ben Kenny, man! 
I love it. No, Zach's. I look forward to it. Zach's just there to see if the Botox was real. That's really the story that we're trying to hammer down at Big Ten Media Days. I don't know what else is important. uh, Let some mosquitoes go. And if the mosquitoes bite him in the head and die, then you know they sucked up Botox. If they don't and they fly away, at least to live another you know hour or two, then you know that uh, what he's got going on via his forehead and his face are real. Is that how that works? That's how that works. Huh. If the if the if the mosquito bites into the Botox, the Botox is toxin, toxin, so it will kill the mosquitoes right away, instantaneously. They'll be stuck to his face. So ha- there you go. Have Zach take in a uh, one of those mosquito traps, let him go, and see when one lands on his face if it just stays there. After it's bit him, if it just stays there, you know, instantaneous death. I'm did sure you know was, that? I, I did not know that. Um, okay. Learn something new every day. I mean, I knew how to kill mosquitoes when you, you know, pinch the, the blood vessel and then they get stuck and then they blow up because mm-hmm. they just keep sucking blood. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's a metaphor in there somewhere with yeah. the state of the Minnesota program and, and mosquito the blood sucker that Botox. Is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. The Bud Pavilion back at it again tonight. Here we go. Another great throwback classic rock night. The almighty vinyl taking the stage tonight out at the Budweiser Pavilion at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Gates open up at 6. Live music starts at 7. Cold drinks, hot food. Spread the word. Going to see you out there tonight at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Almighty vinyl taking the stage tonight. Should be a good one. In West Dallas, in the State Fair Park, and the Budweiser Pavilion, all brought to you each and every week by our good friends over there at Bud Light. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show continues on. I love when uh, I get deliveries here at the house and the, uh, the delivery drivers, they have no idea they're on camera and 99.9% of the delivery drivers, really good guys, you know, guys and girls, they come up, they deliver it, they take the picture, they send it to you, the whole thing. Then there's that one guy, (laughs) you know, there's that one guy, he's either having a bad day, doesn't give a damn about his job. Whatever, you know, there's always that one guy and just looks like he's kind of just trudging through life. You know, I just had that guy stop at my house. <laughs> ben, do you ever, you ever see some of these delivery drivers? You probably see a few of them coming into the radio station, right? I don't really see them come in, giving them mostly quarantine to the same three rooms every day. And none yeah. of them have a, have a sight line on the front door, but yeah, no, I, I, get, guess I, I, I get, get what you're saying. So I've got now I've got to, my house is weird. I've got a big front door area and a walkway that comes up to it. And every now and then you get that driver that doesn't want to go to the front door because most packages get delivered to your front door. But I've got, you've seen my house, right? You've, you've, yeah. you've been here. So you know where the garage door is, right? Mm-hmm. The garage door is off to the side of the house. So every now and then they won't come to the front door because they don't want to walk the steps. It's not like it's going, you know. Up the steps to, you know, the 
the, the Parthenon, for God's sakes. All you're doing is walking up about six steps to be able to get to my front door. And, or they usually drop it either next to the uh, next to the garage door on the side of the house, or they'll go to the back door where the patio doors are, and they'll put it there. So I get a buzz during the commercial break, and I notice that you know somebody's on the property. Okay, so I look, and it's usually, I'm expecting some things to be delivered, so I watch this guy, you know, and he walks up, and he looks at my car. My car's parked outside. He looks at my car, then he looks in the car. I've got a new tube in the back uh, seat for when we take the, the boat down to the house next week for the boys to be able to go tubing on. So he's looking back there. He's looking around, you know. He's kind of looking around, looking at people's backyards. And he looks at the package that he's delivering. He kind of looks where to set it. So he sets it over by my patio door and takes the picture and sends it to me, you know. So then he's <laughs> he's walking around and he stops and uh, where my dryer vent comes out, I, I'm, I had laundry going. So where the dryer vent comes out, one of the little vent pieces is missing, and there was a bird up there. So he's looking up, and I've got audio. You can hear him calling to the bird, birdie, 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 you know. I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just <laughs> this is a guy just walking through life, man, just taking it all in. Then he lays the package down, and it's just a new phone case is all it is. He lays the package down. He starts walking. He's kind of sauntering back, and he stops. And I got my rose bushes are all in bloom, and you can hear the guy. He's like, "Damn nice bushes." <laughs> he just keeps walking. Just, it's not like he's hurrying. Like, hey, I got to get to the next stop. Got to drop off the next package. None of that, you know. This is just <laughs> damn nice bushes. So, oh, I love it. I love it. So uh, kudos to that. Uh, just take life in as it goes. Amazon driver that just stopped by and dropped off my package. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, TMZ. The report is Yankees players chewing gum, throwing it onto the field, and quote, a gross dugout game. Several Yankees had a little bit too much time in their hands during the game on Tuesday night uh, because they made a contest out of throwing uh, dozens of pieces of chewed gum onto the field. The, quote, sophomore game all went down in the early innings of the Yankees' tilt with Oakland uh, when uh, Nestor Cortez, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Carpenter all scooped up some bubble gum and hit the corner of the dugout uh, to begin a weird event. Apparently, the the players picked out a landmark on the field. It appeared to be a sprinkler head, then popped a few pieces in their mouth, chewing gum, putting it in their mouth, and then spit it out, and then got to throw the gum. So the uh, the game lasted for about three innings. It went on for so long that both the, the game's home and away broadcasts caught it on camera. There is tens, twenties, thirties pieces of gum, chewed gum on the field. And they thought it was funny and they thought it was cool. Uh, aiming for the sprinkler head. Here's the thing. You want to stop that? Cause it, it really is kind of gross. The Yankees play by play man. Uh, Michael K noted what a headache it must be for the New York groundskeepers to eventually go and have to clean up chewed gum, uh, all over the field. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, share this thing too, but, um, Nevertheless, when you look at it, think about the guy that has to go clean that stuff up. And ball players, they don't care. 
They don't give two dams about it. Not one bit. You know why? Because they don't have to. Because they don't have to. Not one bit. Because they don't have to. Uh, this is the Yankees broadcast of it. If you don't know what the bubblegum game is, Michael, what they do is use this to pitchers as you see them down there playing this gross game. They, it's like golf. It's like Frisbee golf. They fig, find a little a little marker on the field, and then they toss the gum and almost as, as, if, as if they're playing Frisbee golf. So, And that's all chewed gum. It's all chewed gum. It's all chewed gum. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Danny Cunningham, the groundskeeper, loves it. Oh, I'm sure Danny will uh, be excited to put somebody else on that job. There you go. So, Bill, we talked about this this morning. My first takeaway was uh, this should result in significant jail time for all of the players. Um, not jail time. <laughs> no, but I... My actual first thought was, if Michael K thinks something's disgusting, it's probably pretty disgusting. <laughs> pretty, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, again, they don't give two blanks about the ground screw guys that have to go pe- pick it up. I wouldn't want to do it. What I do is get a rake, rake it all back into the dugout, and leave it on the dugout floor. That's what I'd do, and then I'd get fired and have to leave. <laughs> but it's just nasty, man. That's just nasty. Yankees players just chewing gum and then spitting it out at a uh, a sprinkler head on the field. It's not like it's, uh, you know, in the dugout or in the corner where nobody can see it. I mean, it's on the field. I'm retweeting the uh, the video of it now, but if you want to follow it. Uh, anyway, it's just it's just some nastiness. Bill, and no one's thinking about the kids here. What, what if a little kid's there watching the game, they see this happen, and then, you know, they, they go, like, try hard drugs or something. You know, this is a horrible precedent. <laughs> it's always about the kids, right? I've we always said think about the kids. You got to think about the kids, right? Yeah. The sure Yankees you do. think long hair and beards and tattoos are what's going to damage our youth, which you know, yeah. it's kind of a joke. I I don't know. Look inward. You guys are throwing gum. At least throw sunflower seeds. They're part of the earth right. already. No right. respect for lawn care. No respect for the kids. Jail time. <laughs> no respect for lawn care. <laughs> now, here's the thing. What about sunflower seeds? I've always been fine with that because, at least in my shallow brain, they were part of the earth at one point, so it's kind of like they can be composted. Gum, I feel like, is this you know plastic. It's impossible for it to be digested by the earth, if you will. Sunflower seeds, I feel like, are already part of the earth, baseball, grass ecosystem. Sunflower seeds, though, when they spit them, they got to be cleaned up, right? My thought was always, and uh, yeah, I wasn't playing on a major league baseball field. It wasn't kept up that well. My my thought was always, yeah, they'll just, you know, go into the ground. They'll help more grass grow. But they don't leave them in the dirt. I mean, somebody's got see that that you can kind of sweep and scoop up. Chewed bubble gum is a little different. There, it just is. It goes back to my opinion of what is and isn't. And you can make the argument: well, they spit sunflower seeds, therefore those are saliva filled, therefore those should not be spit onto the field. Therefore, why are you getting bent about the bubble gum? I agree. However, I look at it as two different entities. Let's be honest. 
if you got to sweep up or rake up a little bit of sunflower seeds and put it into a dustpan, not a terrible thing, right? We, I think we can all agree on that. Sunflower seeds. It's, it's a seed. It just, you know, whatever. Piles of bubble gum. Chewed bubble gum. Yeah. So that's just a nastier mess. Yeah. And I did some research. The uh, punishment for littering in New York City, it is between a two hundred fifty and one thousand dollar fine for the first conviction. Now, <laughs> so keep, you're saying to fine them? No, no. Keep in mind, these guys have thrown at least thirty bubble gum pieces each. So That's if thirty thousand bucks between twenty two hundred fifty and a thousand dollars for the first conviction, with a possible eight to twenty four hours of community service, multiply that by thirty. You're talking about jail time. That's all I'm go. saying. So you're you're thinking what they should do is put the Yankees players in prison. One hundred percent. Is that because they are the best team in baseball? You know, maybe. But <laughs> uh, see, this is the reason, people, you tune into this program for the logic that is. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. In case you're just tuning us in, Brewers uh, gave up a couple of runs last inning. They're now down 2-1. to one. Uh, Rowdy Telez with a solo shot being the single run for the Brewers. Top of the fifth right now. But Andrew McCutcheon, did you see that, Ben? I did. Andrew McCutcheon has hit a fly ball that has not come down. <laughs> it was down the left field line, apparently heading foul. And it is stuck on the catwalk. It never came down. The camera panned over, panned over, panned over. The left fielder's standing there, like, on the line. And the ball never came down. So, Andrew McCutcheon now at first base after taking a walk. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he hit a ball that has never come down. You can say you've seen it now if you were watching the game or you know it. So, yeah, there you go, son. I'm telling you, there. there's a ball hit by Andrew McCutcheon. It never came down. There you go. Right there. Now, I don't mean to send us off again. <laughs> oh, here we go. No, it's like one of the things that's the best or was the best about baseball is instances like this where just chaos ensues. And it's it's so dumb that they have those things in play that they make no sense. But then it happens right. and it's captivating. It's like the hill at the Astros old stadium in center field center field that would run back and just completely wipe out. We need more of that. We need the on field features like a swimming pool somewhere in left field (laughs) where like if a guy has to run by it, then you know, he's going to fall in the pool. I think that would be hilarious. And and Luis Urias. Did you see that? Uh, No, I was dozing off while my brain was, was wandering. Luis Urias just hit a home run, both the center fielder and the left fielder. Coming together at the wall, maybe 10 feet from the wall, look up as if the ball is going to go out and be close to either being caught or making it out of the ballpark. And the ball falls 
just behind the shortstop area. It hit the catwalk in the top of the building and bounced back. But it's considered a home run. This is the weirdest thing. It's like watching ping pong. It's, it's, all right. Brewers are up three to two. That's all I care about. But so McCutcheon gets on after a foul ball never comes down. And Urias, he hits one that looks like it might be, could be, should be, but maybe caught at the wall if they go up and get it, but it never makes it. It hits the catwalk and bounces off of the catwalk in the air to maybe 20 feet beyond the uh, infield cutout. Ah, Tropicana Field. A big dome toilet bowl is what that place is. By the way, your last uh, rant regarding the the Yankees and the gum chewing and throwing it out onto the grass around the sprinkler head and how they should go to jail, Ben, as, uh, as James put it in an email, he said, give Ben credit. That is the ultimate get off my lawn. Thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.